Gang, for over a year now, I've been talking about True Hemp Science Full Spectrum CBD oils and how they've reduced my anxiety and helped me get better sleep without waking up feeling foggy and confused. I've also talked about the Full Spectrum CBD bombs that relieved my hand pain last year and made playing piano and guitar much easier. Well, gang, today I'm going to tell you about True Hemp Science organic gummies made with full spectrum hemp oil that are available now. They come in two different gauges. There are five, uh, 50 milligram ones that have 50 milligrams of CBD and 1.5 milligrams of THC. Then there are ones that are 100 milligrams of CBD and 5 milligrams of THC. Absolutely delicious uh, lemon lime slash orange flavors and also watermelon black cherry flavors. Super, super delicious. Now, now, they also have a complete line of full-spectrum CBD products, including oils, tinctures, skincare lotions, sports rubs, chocolates, gummies, all kinds of stuff. Well, gang, How Did I Get Here has teamed up with True Hemp Science to bring you a very special offer that benefits all of us. Spend $100 or more at TrueHempScience.com and you will get a free gift. Just enter the code HDIGH at checkout. There's a little code place there for you to enter it. H-D-I-G-H and you will get a free gift with purchase. That's right. Go to TrueHempScience.com and balance your body and mind with True Hemp Science. Let's get down. Hey gang, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of How Did I Get Here? I know you have a lot of choices out there and the fact that you're listening to this episode right now is not lost on me. So thank you. I'm not sure what platform you're listening on, but whatever platform you're on, give us a follow. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating. It takes just a second and it means the world to me. Plus, it really helps the show. So thank you in advance. And remember, the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here are available on all streaming services. Now, enjoy the show. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. And happy Valentine's Day to those of you that celebrate Valentine's Day. I hope you guys are having a great week so far. I don't know what you do during the week. And if you're celebrating Valentine's Day, gang, seriously, happy Valentine's Day to you. I am not celebrating Valentine's Day. I'm not, man. Uh, I've actually got rehearsal with Skyrocket, so uh, no big whoop. I want to let you guys know that uh, next Friday... February 23rd, Skyrocket will be playing at 310 ACL Live. Always a fun show. Uh, get your tickets now. Go to, I think, 310austin.com to get your tickets. Skyrocket, great band. If you don't know what it is, go to skyrockettheband.com. Check it out. You'll like it. It's a party. It's a party. Um, gang, I had a great time playing with Happy Land on Monday at, uh, at Saxon Pub. Fantastic time. We had this guy sitting in with us named Matt that plays with Pat Green. I forgot his last name. I only heard it once. Anyway fucking great bass player but the band was great man I, I feel like uh these these residencies have kind of gotten us into this fighting shape where we've got this good sort of like role we go on stage kicking it you know the band's finally firing on all cylinders we've only got two more of these mondays left at saxon pub those are at 6 p.m if you live in austin come on out and see happy land happy land is a new band that uh that i'm a part of it's a multi front person band there's kimmy rhodes singer songwriter Gabriel Rhodes, singer-songwriter. 
uh, Sean Pander, singer-songwriter, and me, singer-songwriter. We all trade songs. It's almost like a songwriter in the round, but with a band, and we all have like backing vocals and stuff and guitar parts and percussion parts. Harmony Kelly plays bass. John Chipman plays drums. Uh, Louis Rhodes plays keyboards. It's really, really fun. We got two more Mondays of our residency left, and then we won't be playing live again until the summer, which is uh, sad, sad news for those of you who've been to, into Happy Land. But we're going to be recording music putting it out. And when we come back uh, at the end of the summer, it's going to be a great time. All right. Happy land. Getting getting their shit together. Mondays at Saxon Pub for the next two Mondays. Uh, gang, the 2024 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominee list came out this week. And I know that a lot of people have a lot to say about that stuff, even though they're getting a little burnt out, you know, because there's always the same kind of fight. Why is this person there? Why is that person not there? But I do have some ideas about it. You'll be surprised what they are, but I'm going to talk about them on Friday's show because, gang, I have a big show for you guys today. Great big show. A double header, gang. I have a double header. I'm going to be talking to Kevin Galloway from Uncle Lucius. He'll be uh, coming back on the show. He's been on the show before, back before Uncle Lucius broke up. Now, they broke up back in 2018, and uh, then they had songs in the show Yellowstone. Uh, Their music has become the walk-on uh, music for athletes that are going to go uh, get them pumped up for the for their fucking game and stuff, and uh, and 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 their audience demanded that they got back together. So by demand, Uncle Lucius is back. They just released an album at the end of last year that's absolutely fantastic. It's gorgeous. It's called Like It's the Last One Left. That's out now wherever it is you stream and download music. Also available on vinyl. I will also be talking to uh, singer songwriter Cactus Lee. Yeah, this dude just put out a brand new record at the end of last year, too. It's a seven-song album produced by my dear friend Kyle Crusham. It's called Caravan. And uh, Cactus has a great story. He was in the Chronicle last year. I don't know if you remember this because he did a show in a laundromat. And uh, it's pretty crazy. So uh, I'm going to be talking to both uh, Cactus Lee and Kevin Galloway from Uncle Lucius. And first up will be Kevin Galloway from Uncle Lucius. As I said, they split in 2018. They got back together. They have almost 2 million monthly listeners on Spotify. On Spotify alone. All right. They're playing a big shows, uh, big shows this weekend at Green Hall. Saturday, February 17th is sold out. But they will be in New Braunfels at Green Hall uh, on February 16th and 17th. And some tickets are still available for the 16th. They will also be playing all kinds of different shows. They'll be in Tyler in March. They'll be uh, in Wisconsin on April 14th and 15th. Go to youruncleLucius.com for all of your Uncle Lucius needs. This is their fifth record. Like it's the last one left. And the coolest thing about Uncle Lucius, and I talked to Kevin about this, is that their music isn't just like Americana or you think it is country or like sort of the bands that they get they get lumped in with. To me, they're like an old school R&B slash Americana band. And they, they have a real sort of soulful uh, funk approach to what they do. And he's a great songwriter. He's got a lot to say on this record, Kevin. He, he does. He's got a lot to say. Like It's the Last One Left is a great, great, great record. Now, Kevin and I have a great conversation. There was a little bit of difficulty because he lives out of town now. So we did it over Zoom. And since he lives in the country, there was some funky Wi-Fi stuff. So I had to go through, edit it, piece it together and get it all together to make it happen. Uh, but this is me and Kevin Galloway from Uncle Lucius. Chatting it up. Days get long when you're lonely. 
In between the dream of song Not drag on good to hear your voice and yours too so uh where where are you are you new Braunfels? i'm in bryan texas oh you're in bryan texas do you live there now i do uh i've been here since the pandemic started uh, right after uh but i was in austin for you know 18 years prior to that yeah of course um so uh so you moved out there do you have like live on a ranch or something so I live on the back of a, a big property we rent out here. Okay. Uh, long story short, when the pandemic, I was on the road doing a solo acoustic six-month Western United States tour with the wife and kids, and I was in New Mexico when it hit, and we had to come back to Texas, and I had to find a rental, and this is what I found. Everything in, in Austin was a little too expensive for us, but uh, it's been great. We're way out in the country raising kids and i'm in austin a lot you know doing the, the band thing again but uh of it's course good for now so uh well congratulations on that and please tell kayla i said hi i sure will man yeah <laughs> she uh, says hello too she knew this was happening yeah man um so uh so congratulations man this record uh like it's the last one left is so great and the weirdest thing there's a couple things that hit me on this i was like wow you guys are a lot more like uh uh, uh, like a song like uh, like Holy Roller. Like that's almost like Allman Brothers level, you know, like blues rock. And how does it feel to be back together? Well, well thank you for that. That's uh, All of that is uh, is high praise, even putting the Allman Brothers in that, in that uh, at all. That's fantastic. So thank you. Man, we're having a ball. Uh we didn't think the band would ever get back together. We'd accepted that, you know, five years ago. And uh, we got more popular than ever after we broke up. We realized maybe we should have <laughs> broken up years ago, you know. <laughs> but, you know, things happened and the iron was hot again and we all realized we liked each other and that we are popular. Maybe we could do this again. And <clears throat> I'm glad that you you think that we're not just a uh, a country band or Americana band because we love rock and roll. And I think we've always been a rock and roll band. Uh, you know, we've added some new players. Doug Strahan from Austin, Texas, you probably know that. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard of him. We've added him on second guitar and it's opened it up. And so that's where you're starting to feel and hear that Almond Brothers stuff. We're even better live now than we ever have been. We're better than the album already. And the things they're doing a lot of guitarmonies in the line of Almond Brothers and like <laughs> yeah. Tim Lizzie. And it's opening it up so much more that we're we're leaning into it, I think. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Jack Ingram is like, Hey yeah, I got this thin Lizzie thing happening to my band now. You know what I mean? And nothing against him. I just feel like he like the, those kind of guys occupy a different space than you do. Yes. Yes, and you know, it's, it's funny, but we live in that realm being from Texas and having some country accents to what we do. We run into a lot of those guys. And sometimes people glom, put us into that red dirt category, which I understand they're just trying to define it. I don't think we're red dirt like those other cats are, and I've got nothing against them. Exactly. But yeah, um, we're hoping 
to 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 delve into a lot of the a lot of the other American roots spectrum, and I put rock and roll and dual guitars in that world, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, even like the ballad that uh, that Heart Over Mind song is so beautiful, man. Uh, the way that it's laid out, like the strings and stuff. Who played strings on that? That's the Barton strings from there in Austin. Uh, you know, we've it's part. Some of the people from the Tosca String Quartet—they're all uh, Austin players. Okay. And um, the producer Hal Warpole and our engineer James Stevens—you uh, know—they'd worked with them before, and they contacted them uh, about sitting in on these. And they even wrote parts for it and came in and put that on after we'd recorded most of everything. And I got to tell you on that song, since you mentioned it, Heart Over Mind, it was the last song written for the album and kind of, you know, it was the ending of the album. And I hadn't sang it very much because I'd just written it when we recorded and I didn't like what I did. So I, I knew it was just scratch vocals. And then I went on like a solo tour and we'd done the recording. The Barton Strings came in, did the parts. I'd never heard them. And when I came back to the studio to re-sing my part after really getting it down. I heard that for the first time the day I'm going in and it just was so emotional because they did so beautiful. They wrote and played such a beautiful part that it was really very emotional and it really uh, made me sing how I sang it and what you hear on the album. Huh. Wow, man. That's interesting. There's... Uh, Did I lose you? No, 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 not at all. Um, do did you, uh, okay. you recorded this at, at ear at East Austin recording? That is right. Uh, they're on East 11th in Austin, uh, a studio owned by James Stevens, a great engineer, uh, great musician himself. He had a band forever in town called the Moonlight Towers. Yeah. He's got a solo thing going right now. Um, uh, Uncle Lucius had recorded an album there. Go ahead. In 2009. So we were very familiar with the space. Okay. Um, I'm just saying Uncle Lucius recorded our 2009 album, Pick Your Head Up There, with Stephen Doster as producer. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, we were very familiar with the space. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's interesting. What made you choose Stephen Doster back in 2009? What was the impetus to get him to produce? He's one of my, one of my old friends. Yeah, so <clears throat> back then we were playing at the South pub quite a bit and we had one previous album we put out we just did it on our own kind of ourselves Stephen Doster was coming to the show I think it was there quite a bit but he was watching some of these residencies we were doing and he approached us about producing and uh, it was just the right fit at the right time uh, I really love he was our first real producer <laughs> yeah it's interesting. He's got such great pop sensibilities, and I feel like you have that as a songwriter, especially like going back to a song like "Heart Over Mind" is almost like a, uh, uh, like almost like a, it, in in years from now it would be a traditional song. You know what I mean? Yeah, I. It, it leans into that world. Obviously, it's a, uh, you know, you're, it's it's nothing that's not been done before, and it's very simple and straightforward. But that was a, kind of the intent to make something simple and straightforward lyrically, musically, but then just layer on some beauty, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes that might be the thing if you're th overthinking it. But yeah, I think any pop song that's uh, worth its weight 
does that. It cuts through and simply says and does it, you know? Yeah. Were you guys able to, to like, record together? Obviously, like, a, a, a song like Civilized Anxiety, you guys obviously cut that, like, at least, like, the basic tracks together, right? The whole album uh, was mostly recorded live in the room together. That's great. It feels uh, like that. Yeah, that, I mean, that was the intent and goal. And so the, tra- the, the cuts that you hear are the ones that we thought had the best feeling. You know, you do it four or five times in a row that you take a break and go listen to the best one and then you come back and you try it again. Maybe you already got it, but maybe you got it one more time. And that's how we approached it. Uh, and it was all recorded on analog tape. Oh, really? Too, you know, to be able to catch that and uh, kind of get feel and sound. So let's go back to the band, like splitting up and, get, and getting back together. I think you, you were on the show like back in 2015 or 2014, right? I was trying to remember that. I, I feel like it was about that time. Uh, yeah, the band ended in 2018 the first time. And then you went. That's right. Basically, you went solo. Okay, so at, what was going on? Like, were you guys touring so much and just kind of like you felt like you the band had run its course? Or was it a little harsher than that? <laughs> so it was that. And it wasn't harsh at all. It was it was amicable, uh, but it was when people ask me this, I, I really say it's about a hundred different reasons, but they all met at the same time. Sure, you know, uh, you know, it was a van and trailer for thirteen years, and the ball was rolling, but we had to be constantly going for the ball to continue rolling. And you know, uh, it gets harder on the back. Yeah, and I had kids. The guitar player had kids. It was uh, all of these things. It was just time. Right. So so you guys, you, you split, you went solo. But like, I mean, you guys have almost 2 million monthly listeners on Spotify alone. I mean, there's a, there is a fucking demand for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it is really crazy, man. Uh, so I, I want to, I hope that it was all the things that we set in motion for the 13 years prior to the breakup, right? On top of the popularity of the one song, a song I wrote called Keep the Wolves Away. Yeah. That song, Why We Were Broken Up, uh, was featured on Yellowstone, uh, a show I had no idea about, you know, the one on uh, Paramount, I guess. Yes. And because of that... And because of a video we shot for the the uh, song that had built its own legs, uh, not as fast though, uh, the song went gold. And then that's when we got together to celebrate that and to see each other again. And we started talking about it. And about a year later, we started rehearsing because we knew we were going to do it. And then in that time, the song in 2022 went platinum. Jesus, congratulations! The took over. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so that was the impetus for us having to talk about getting together. But, you know, a lot of people come to the shows because they know about that song. But it gives us an opportunity to kind of open for ourselves. Yeah. Because everybody's... <laughs> and I think we're getting new fans uh, because of what we do live and the places we go beyond just that, you know, that song, which is, you know, it's a ballad. 
it's a true story. It's a ballad and it leans in the country realm, but, uh, we're definitely more than that. And we're getting to show people that it's, it's really cool. I'm very thankful. <laughs> yeah, man. Congratulations on all that. Cause that's, it's interesting. It, it, it goes by that old parable. If you love something, set it free. And if it loves you, it'll come back. So like you're trying to chase this ball that's rolling away from you, but then finally you let it go and it starts rolling back to you. Like, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) it really is. And it's like, okay, it's time to jump on it. Let's go. What a great thing. So when you guys got together and celebrated and started getting like, what's different now? Like, is there less touring, less time in the van? Like what's different in, in the, in uncle Lucius model 2.0? Yes. 2.0 is older and wiser. Yeah. We want to work smarter, not harder, but we are ready to work hard, and we have been, obviously. We're used to that. Right. Uh, There's no expectation with this so much anymore. Before, we were trying to get to a place to do things that you don't necessarily want to do because you have to do it to get to a certain place. Yeah. Now there's a freedom that, and uh, we're better musicians. We've all been doing other projects, our own projects, working with other people, improved as musicians. Uh, we kind of know what we want a little more, and it's to, to, to be the best of what we are. And uh, Uncle Lucius, like I said, we've added Doug Strahan on guitar, and we have a, a new bass player, a much younger guy named Drew Sugar, a real pro, lives in Austin, and uh, just together, and, and then everyone else again that was in the band prior, it's bad. It's yeah. just we're more mature and we're we're better. And yeah. uh, I think this is our best album yet. I mean, you know, I always want to say that, but I really do think that the sound is, is improved. But it's familiar, but it's also pushing forward, I think. It's- and I'm excited because this group of guys has been playing what we you know, did on the album and then all the old Uncle Lucius that we want to play, we're playing it. And we've already evolved that sound. It's it's different because of the players. And I'm excited about what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. There there is a um there is a confidence on this record that you either have if you're really young or older. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is a confidence not out of being naive, no, but out of not caring anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because and and it is it is so beautiful. Who are the there's I can't remember the song, but there's one that has great uh, female backing vocals. Yeah, so they are on uh, Holy Roller. Okay, they have a part on that. They're also on a song called Tuscaloosa Rain. Oh, right, right, right. And uh, that is us, U.S. They're called us. Uh, they're the background singers for Sir Woman, oh, okay. who you may know at all. Yes, yes. And I think they do projects on their own, but uh, yeah, the, the, the producer brought them in, and man, they killed it. Yeah, I mean, they it's, it's beautiful sounding. Yeah. It really is like this. This really is a great record, and you you're such a great singer. There's such great delivery in all of this, and there's so much great. Uh, it's interesting because you're able to explore. It's it's funny because ever since 2020, I don't know if you've noticed this, Kevin, but there's so many of our friends like 
you know, are trying to address the times and very few of them are able to address the sort of general feeling without placing it without without dating it you know what i mean where you where you think about a song like blowing in the wind you can go listen to it now and it'll mean something to you as opposed to something that's so deliberate and specific and i feel like with a song like civilized anxiety you really you really hit the nail on the head on that yeah so i have to give credit where credit is due here hal vorpal is the producer of this album he was the first bass player of uncle lucius he and I co-founded the band back in late 2005. And he toured with us for a few years as a bass player, but then stepped aside because he you know, didn't want to be in the touring world. But he's been writing songs prolifically for a few years and producing albums. He produced both of my solo albums. Okay. And when we were coming back around for this project, we brought him on as producer, and he had a stack of songs he wanted to see you know run across and he ran them across me like totally demoed out songs and i picked a few that gave me a feeling not i wasn't i just wanted to go by the feeling at first and then narrow them down and civilized anxiety was the first one that gave me that real feeling because like you said it hit uh something that's very timely and something that i can feel and i can step into as a singer uh and feel that anxiety um, and it made me, that's what made me want to do it. There's also a challenge. This is the most challenging song I've ever sang as a vocalist, uh, because it's just different than anything I would maybe try to write or sing. And I liked that challenge. And, uh, I approached this whole album first as a singer, uh, although I'm a songwriter as well, and right. an okay acoustic player. But, uh, that was the impetus was go by the feeling. So I'm onto something you can really, when you sing it, you can step into that and be that person in that moment because you felt that before. So, uh, yeah, I think Hal hit it out of the park with that one. And I think a lot of people, uh, especially living in Austin or in the bigger cities that are becoming overpopulated, uh, they can attest to that feeling. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Uh, how is that, how has that affected you creatively? Like moving out to Brian and being in the wide open space? It's been great, man. It's uh, I get to I live on the back of about 40 acres and I can see no neighbors here. And I get to walk in this big field under the moonlight with my guitar and try to grab onto the feeling of nature. It's been wonderful. And it uh, there's a lot of writing in my two solo albums, or especially the second one, uh, that expressed that. Heart Over Mind uh, came from that place. Oh, really? You know, the feeling there, yeah. I wrote that one out here, uh, thinking about my kids, thinking about something I'd want to leave them, a sentiment I'd want to leave them maybe beyond my grave, because this is going to be there forever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, How old are your kids now? My kids are seven and five now. Okay, and, so uh, they weren't really too much school age during the pandemic then? No, they were not. Okay. Uh bit younger, but uh, we we they actually still we homeschool them right now. Oh, you do? And we began it. We began it during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, With all the traveling, we like to bring them along when we can. That's great, man. I bet it's 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 uh, 
that makes it easier to travel and stuff like that. You're still doing a fair amount of, of playing on your own as well, right? It's not like you abandoned your solo career at all. I have not abandoned the solo career, although with Uncle Lucius taking off again, it's been limited to kind of the the uh, the winter time when we're not traveling so much. I played a few shows in December. I'll do a couple here in January. But uh, Uncle Lucius will again take over come spring probably for the rest of the year. Yeah, man, it looks like you guys have some exciting shows coming up. First of all, I think this is going to come out at the beginning of February. So February 16th and 17th, you guys will be at Green Hall in New Braunfels. And uh, you've got some festivals lined up uh, after that. And then also I saw you're going to the UK in October. That is correct. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get a whole European tour around that. We've got some dates, so we definitely booked the UK dates in the middle there uh we've been over there once before as uncle lucius and we've been chomping at the bit to get back we we love the audiences over there yeah man so you're gonna you're gonna do the whole thing like the scandinavias and this germany's and france's and that is fantastic man that's great um how was your show i saw you guys did uh acl live with shiny ribs on the 30th what a great lineup that is Man, it was, it was epic. It was, uh, again, this is, it's part of the old, uh, no expectation kind of a thing. That was a bucket list venue forever for us. And then now we get to play it with shiny ribs too. I'm a huge fan of Kevin Russell was a fan of the gourds back in the day, living in Austin. Me too. And it's just kind of perfect, uh, circle kind of a thing to be able to play that venue with that great of a band. Their horn section, actually, uh, the Tijuana train wreck horn section. Yeah. Uh, we're with Uncle Lucius and are on a couple of our albums. So we got to bring them on for, you know, three songs at the end of our set. And so it was really cool, man. That it was great, an epic, man. epic. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I uh, I need to get out. I, I haven't seen you guys. I was trying to think it must have been around. It was one time at the Continental Club. I remember that standing on the side of the stage watching you with Celeste. Uh, and it was incredible, but I want to go see the new band and stuff. Um, are you guys doing any other Austin shows at all? Or is like, when you do Green Hall, does that kind of like, you don't do San Antonio or Austin for a while? Or is it its own market? I think we're leaning towards, you know, not doing Austin, San Antonio for a while after Green Hall. Uh, to make it count because we are also going to be doing a lot of United States touring. Sure. Um, but I think we're shooting for a summer play in Austin. I know the venues we're shooting for. I, I really can't say yet. Uh, and then hopefully we can do another December play at, at the old Moody theater. We'd like to make that an annual thing. Yeah. We man. Shall see. Yeah. That'll be great. So, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe three times in Austin this year in the area. Fantastic, man. Well, people can find you guys at youruncleLucius.com. I'll put all the links and stuff on the uh, in the text of the podcast. But, man, congratulations. This record, your fifth record, like it's the last one left, uh, is available also on vinyl and, uh, and available wherever it is you stream and download music, man. Congratulations. Johnny, thank you so much, man. That, 
that means a lot. Thank you for your time and for, for the interest in Uncle Lucius. Man. Of course, man. This record's fantastic, and you're fantastic. I've always been a fan, and uh, I look forward to seeing you in person. And please tell Kayla I said hi. Sure will, man. All right, See you down the road, John. Hey, Take care. hey, hey. That's okay. Yeah, gang, that was... Kevin Galloway from Uncle Lucius, their album, Like It's the Last One Left, is available now wherever it is you stream and download music. It is also available on vinyl. Go to youruncleLucius.com for all of your Uncle Lucius needs. Don't forget, there are still some tickets available for their their show this Friday, February 16th, at Green Hall in New Braunfels if you want to go there. That's a fun fucking place to see a show and a great place to see a band like Uncle Lucius. All right, I want to thank Kevin for doing the show. I hope that we can sit down in person at some point and not have to do it in Zoom because I really do like that dude right all right uncle lucius go find him at uncle lucius uh your uncle lucius.com all right all right gang next up is my new friend cactus lee he's got a brand new album out called caravan seven songs produced by my dear friend kyle crusham and uh man he's a really interesting cat he came to the house we sat down we had a great conversation very warm dude uh uh and he's he's been talking about sort of his uh what he's been trying to do with his career. He even did this crazy thing last year where he went and did this show at a laundromat. We talk about that. We actually open up talking about it. But uh, he's about to do a Texas tour. Cactus Lee and Adam Amram. That uh, starts off on... Uh, March 7th in Austin at the Cactus Cafe. They'll be playing in Alpine, Marfa, Johnson City, all kinds of places. I will put a link to his Instagram on there. And you can find him on, on Spotify as well. Cactus Lee. Great conversation. We have a lot of laughs. And, uh, and he is an interesting cat, man. And his music is absolutely fantastic. He's got some great songs, a fantastic songwriter. I know why my friend Kyle worked with him because they're great friends. And uh, since high school, I believe, is what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Cactus Lee, great conversation with this dude. Here it comes. Let's get down. Tell me the story about the laundromat. I read, you know what's so funny is I read that thing in the Chronicle and then I looked at the date and I was like, dude, I'm not going to put this out for fucking two months. If that guy's on the cover of the Chronicle and he's talking about his laundromat, then I realized at the end of it that it was last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was January last year. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so tell me, here, just be sure you speak on that mic. Um, yeah, it was an idea. Um, I was playing at Saxon. And I was getting some gigs over there, and it was just hard to break in at certain places. And I thought, well, if I can't break in, then I'm just going to do what I used to do when I was younger. And um, just pop in at places, you know, and do that kind of DIY stuff, you know. Um, But really, I did it just because I thought it would be challenging, and I thought it would be (laughs) idiotic and scary. I thought it would be really scary to do. Yeah. And so I thought that was exciting. Yeah. Did you did you think it was going to launch you into like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a story and people latch on to it and all of a sudden there's like this buzz. Like remember in the, in the uh, when the, we had the last, the freeze in 2021, 
Dave Madden got locked in a hotel and then he ended up playing piano for the for the people there when the electricity was out. So the hotel gave him like two nights for free there and it ended up getting on the news. It's a story. It's a story. Yeah, yeah I definitely knew it was a f- story that could frame, you know. Yeah. I use it as a frame. Um, but I also knew it would be something because the songs that I had, I was playing at the laundromat were challenging songs for me and then I thought if I could do them there then I could do them anywhere did you advertise or you just showed up at the place I'm trying to think I advertised it I put something up on Instagram just like a picture of me that looked like an old jazz club like make it, make it look like a jazz club you know yeah. <laughs> which I thought was even more stupid honestly I thought there would just be like I think it's really cool actually. I mean it was fun to do yeah. it was super fun people, um, yeah people doing stuff just for the sake of doing something is magical and it's something that isn't as prevalent as it once was right you know people just doing something fucking stupid right <laughs> and it's cool you yeah know? yeah uh, that's what i thought yeah um all right so uh this record uh caravan i noticed that you're really prolific you have a lot of stuff like yeah. a lot of music that's that's constantly being released which is fantastic and really awesome are you a really prolific songwriter I just keep doing it and I keep thinking I can get better at it. And so I keep at it. So yeah, I do it a lot. Um, prolific. I don't know if there's, if I don't, I'd have to look at the definition to make sure if it doesn't mean you're good. Does I it? mean like, no, 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 it just no. means you do a lot of it. Right. It would mean like, do you, do you, are you one of those people that writes, tries to write every single day? I, at certain, sometimes I do. It depends. Not really every day, but I try to write a lot, and yeah. I try to write f- as much as I possibly can. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a, a job that you do um, for work? Well, right now I'm a parent, Okay. but I did real estate with my wife for a minute. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm kind of like always in between stuff, so I don't know. I've done all kind. Of, I've done like teaching. I was at Thundercloud for a long time in my life. That's that Thundercloud and Whole Foods are like the... And Waterloo, but there's not enough Waterloo. There's not enough people to have worked up. But that the the Austin musician that was here in the '90s and early 2000s had to have spent some. I'm a five years at Whole Foods guy. Okay, right. <laughs> Hell yeah. And and you were at at Thundercloud for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thundercloud or Conan's Pizza. That was another place. Ooh, yeah, 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 that was yeah. if you were cool. That was like a cool one. Yeah, I always wanted to be that that guy. Yeah, yeah, and. uh all right, so you grew up here. You lived your, your whole life. You're like a yeah. Were you born here? No, I was born in Houston, okay. and I got here when I was like uh, probably seven, six or seven. Okay. Yeah. What was your uh, so? Were you exposed to the music that was happening around when you moved here, or, or shortly there? Like, were your parents taking you to like Aquafest and shit like that? No, they weren't really involved in the music community, or really even in the Austin community. They wouldn't even really come in to come into town that much it was like because i lived kind of like a little outside of town but um i listened to the radio yeah like my dad would always listen to the radio he listened to like um klbj in the morning and driving to school there's a lot of local stuff happening on there during that time yeah yeah and i remember when like stevie like i always say this but i remember uh the vaughn brothers when that set hit tiktok it was like tiktok people or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i remember being like oh that's cool yeah yeah um it was like maybe that was the 90s i don't know but I think yeah. Stevie died in 90, right? Okay, yeah. 90, yeah. 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 But I remember, yeah. I mean, I always listened to the radio and all the stuff going on, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, like, you were in Vallejo, right? 
I mean, I've been in Vallejo. You've been and in Vallejo the... has been in me. Okay. I mean, uh... <laughs> I remember that band. I mean, and like Austin Music Network. You remember the old? Oh, Austin... Of course. Yeah, yeah I used yeah, to like yeah, be yeah. really into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah I was uh, uh, I I I played Steamboat that place. And Vallejo played like Wednesdays and I played Thursdays. And cool. and also I would fill in on guitar. And AJ Vallejo and I have written a lot of songs together. Cool. We cool. have a cooking show together now. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, see, that was, so that was like before my time, but that was like you, that was like the, you know, stuff to look, that I looked up to. You know? Right. Where'd you go? Did you go to college after? I did. I went to St. Ed's. Okay. Up the road. Were you playing music in high school at all? Yeah. I played in high school. And then I continued it in through college. Okay. Yeah. Like in what capacity though? Were you just kind of like a bedroom guy? Were you writing songs? Do you have a four track? Uh, all that. Or- when we were in high school, we got a gig at, um, we would play downtown on 6th Street. And like, I don't know how they would let us in, but we'd sneak in there at certain, you know, like I can't remember what the places were. Not great venues. But like they let us in on a Tuesday and then there'd be like a bucket of beer there and we'd be like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then the first real gig we got was like from that guy, Graham Williams at, uh, I remember he got an, we got an emos gig. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that was like the first real thing. And then from there, the guys I l- played in with high school moved away. And so I became a bedroom guy at that yeah. point. Um, and that's when you went to St. Ed's? Yeah. So you lived here. What were you going out? Like, what was the music you were going to see during that time? Or what Gosh. were you into? Um, I was really into Radiohead. Okay. That was like, because I remember in being in Austin, I was like, no one's really doing that. That kind of British weird stuff, you know? Um, so I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to do that. You know? Yeah. But, you know, uh, I really didn't know what I was doing, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a, also a really hard thing just to pick up and go. Oh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. It takes a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, you know. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day. I was. I saw some Pink Floyd thing where they were talking kind of about the early time of Pink Floyd, and then I remember seeing this Genesis thing a few years ago, and those guys all were kind of wealthy. Yeah, and so was so was. Uh, so it was Radiohead. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's interesting because like these guys came up with like this, uh, the good fortune right. of having, you know, a, a not to worry about finances or anything. Yeah. But I think that is what let them be like, fuck you, we're just doing whatever we want. Like yeah. all of those bands are cutting edge and they make music that challenges a listener and isn't by any means saying like, buy me, buy, except for like later Genesis, yeah. but like that early Genesis. Yeah, you know? I think that helps, yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, that's a pretty interesting sort of thing. It happens over there. I don't really see that here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it depends on... Unless know. like Devo grew up rich or something, but yeah. I, I don't know, <laughs> or Uncle Boyko. Yeah, I always think about, yeah, like, you know, there's the list of them. There's like towns and there's a lot of, you know, like cats who grew up with money, but then that messes up some of them and that helps some of them, you know, but. Yeah. Well, it gave them the thing where they could make the music that they really could explore. That's a good point. Their stuff. And they could, I mean, back then, especially all of those bands had synthesizers where it was like real expensive to have a synthesizer. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. That's true. Or recording equipment, yeah. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. So uh, so in that time, what, what were you going out in town during that time? 
during the Radiohead recording phase. <laughs> yeah, we played we played around for. That's the thing is, yeah. What the, was your band? It was called Fossler. Okay. It was like it only lasted a couple years because uh, it it was like with the high the kids in high school, and then they moved away, and you know, and then I moved on, and then I just did a bunch of different bands till till oh, and then I had a band with my wife in 2011. Oh, cool! How yeah. long have you been married? Um. Uh, like 12 years, I think, or more. That's awesome. Yeah. I and you've to... got, and you got kids. I have one kid, that, one kid. a girl that's seven called Jolene. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Is it the same age as Kyle's kids? Uh, one, yeah, one? his are, yeah. I think right around the same. Yeah, I think one is maybe older. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny when you don't know dudes when they're young and then like now they're dads and like they have a house and. Oh yeah. It's super cool. Produce Paul Simon records. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't. Well, that's a pretty interesting thing to have on your resume. Like, I mean, it's weird. Pretty, it's pretty I, awesome. Every f- four or five years, or three or four, or whatever, I call him, or he, you know, like we catch up yeah. and go, like, "Where are you at right now?" But I hit him because I was like, "Hey, man, do you know strings people? Like, I want to find a. St- like, I was trying to go to like the uh, Austin Symphony Orchestra and find like people that didn't like younger people that would be like maybe just pop in and play strings on something. Sure, you know, but um. So there was this guy, you know, like Fairport Convention, that old band. Uh-huh. So there was a producer, this guy uh, John Woods, and he would go watch the I think London Symphony Orchestra, and he would wait to see who kind of like the scraggly guys were, <laughs> the guys that would go to the bar afterward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'd be like, "Hey, come with me." <laughs> They'd be like the uptight guys. They'd go over there, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he'd grab them, and then he'd yeah. go do the you know Fairport stuff, and he'd be like. That was their community. Oh, that's cool. So I was like, they've got to be out there. Those guys are out there. Yeah. And then, then me and Kyle caught up for whatever, an hour, kids and stuff. And then he goes, oh, I've been working with this guy. And then finally, I go, who's the guy you're working with? And he's like, oh, it's Paul Simon. And I was like, oh, damn. Okay. How embarrassing. You can't even say the guy's name. I know. I was like, <laughs> oh. Well, and then I was just like, oh, well, I'm not going to find a strings guy over here. <laughs> <laughs> But then that was the beginning of him. I was like, well, we guess we, he was like, let's do, you know, he's like, I got a minute. Let's work on something. So, yeah, that's great, man. Yeah. It sounds so good, man. He did such a great job on it. Thanks. So who all played on it? Um, do you know? Yeah. Conrad Shakroon did, uh, oh, I love drums. Yeah. Um, some tasty fucking grooves on there. Seriously. Like there's some really yeah. stuff that you wouldn't expect. You know what I mean? Like it's fresh. There's, there's yeah. a lot of, yeah. Him. That's the thing is all the guys, it was all kind of Kyle's, um, sure. his circle of musicians yeah. that he was introducing. Um, I did bring in two that, you know, that band, the point I brought in those guys to the new record. Uh-uh. Have you heard of them? Uh-uh. Oh, they're cool. You'd like them. It's two very young guys. Do you know Joe Roddy? I mean, uh, uh, Joe Roddy's dad. What's his name? Ted, Ted Roddy? Roddy. Yeah, I know Ted Roddy's name. I don't know him. Okay, is the guy like, that does the Elvis thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his son's Joe. <laughs> okay, and he's like, I think he's twenty-one, and then his buddy is Jack Montesinos. They're just young, just smoking cat kind of. I don't know. They remind me of like old Austin blues guys or something, but they're twenty. Did Kyle play keyboards on it? Kyle played a lot of girl. Who played on Who played on River Run? That's uh. That's that's uh, Joe Roddy. Yeah. Okay. That guy's fucking great. Yeah. That's Joe Roddy. Great. I mean, I made a point to write it down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's that's where you got to see the point. Yeah. There's, that's I'll their go band. Check them out. Yeah, they're great. Um, 
so wait a minute. So you said you were playing some places like Saxon and then you wanted to do something different and that's why you went and played the laundromat and then what changed after that? Um, what happened? Because now I see you're playing Sam's Town Point a lot. I was playing, I had a residency at Sam's okay. before that. Okay. And that was kind of like, I wanted to just break it up and try something different and go to Saxon. And then I was like, okay, that's that's even, that's a tougher residency to get into. It's a very tight yeah. schedule. Yeah. yeah. Um, what happened? I don't know. I just, I don't know that anything really changed too much. I, I don't know. Cause I mean, like you know that you ever know ever go to that place, the cloakroom. Yeah, a, yeah, I, I love that. Place. I started a residency there. You did? Yeah, you can play there. I, I did. <laughs> you can, you can. In the place that's kind of like by the Capitol. Yeah, yeah, that's where the like the center. I used to go there. Yeah, like in in two thousand and six and two thousand and seven, that was like my my the cool place I went. Yeah. It's yeah. still probably similar. It's not. That's a, yes, it's still the capital crowd coming there after. That's yeah, what I yeah. liked. I like being like, hey, you know that guy's a fucking yeah. senator down in fucking Corpus Christi. You yeah. got to go at the right time to see those guys. Yeah, yeah. We were doing, but like we would just sit in the corner and do like almost like we like wear coats and do like jazz review versions of our songs. Oh, really? But it was cool. It felt, I don't know. That's a cool room. Yeah. Um, but. I like that walking into places and just going like, "Do you have music here?" And then they're like, "No." And they're like, "Do you want music here?" <laughs> and then usually they're like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> you go. Well, I'll have a beer then. <laughs> yeah. What's the scene down at Sam's Town Point? Because I've been down there and I've seen stuff, but it's always very disparate. I can't really get my. It's a musicians on it. musicians club. I would call it that. It's like a weed club and a musicians club. That's what I'd call it. It's where like like Marsha Ball was hanging out there the other night, just hanging, watching. I think she was watching Alice Spencer. Oh yeah, yeah. Who doesn't watch Alice Spencer? Yeah, she's amazing. It's it's like where you never know. There's like mu- older musicians will just be hanging. I out. I should go down there and hang out. I'm yeah. an older musician. Yeah, no, it's a. I like Marsha. Great, great scene. Um, Ramsey puts together good nights. Like there's like a steel night. Um, that's like, and I don't know. There's just he curates it really well. Yeah. That, that's one thing is I've gone there and done and not done shows. I've gone down, down there uh, mostly to meet Bill. You know Bill Carter? No, he's down there a lot. Um, okay. But he's a songwriter, musician guy here, older guy. Okay, cool. Older musician, musicians bar. Right, and he's like, oh, you got to come down and see this guy at Sam's Town Point. Nice. Yeah, I think I saw Ernest Tubbs. Grandson or nephew, or you Weird. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no. Son, you know what I'm talking about? No. Uh-uh. He plays with. Uh, is his last name Tub? Yeah. Whoa, it's something. I think so. I might have that. I'm terrible with that with that country music history. I'm not great. Right, right. Yeah, same. And I saw that PBS special. Did right. you watch that? Yeah. And then I thought I was like a fucking scholar. Right. And then half people would be like, Dude, "What are you even talking about?" You're like, "Yeah, I saw this thing. I know everything yeah. about country." Like Christopherson. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got Waylon. We got Waylon. <laughs> yeah. Willie. And then the, they did this thing. Yeah. No, I think everyone was like that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I did. <laughs> what? Uh, so, okay. So in between the time, like, how did you develop this sound? Like this songwriting style? Um, I had a kid. When I had a kid. Yeah. I was like, uh, I sat. I did think for at some point I was like, no one's really doing super 70s singer songwriter okay that was part of it was i was like no one's really doing that and anytime i think of something no one's really doing 
even going back to the Radiohead thing in Austin, no one was doing that. I didn't really do it well, but I I'm sitting here quietly because I, I was in a band that got that so much that I'm like, oh yeah, no one was doing it. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, that one I just I just I just wanted to learn how to play better because I was like not I'm not a great guitar player, but I liked songwriting. So I just um, when my daughter was like rolling around on the floor, I kind of just learned how to finger pick or I taught myself to do it. Yeah. Um, but then I learned what, like if you, if you finger pick, you don't have to look at the chords, you know? Right. You don't look down. So then you can think about, you can paint the picture. Right. And it's more meditative. Okay. So there was like a real, like you, you knew what you wanted to do. You had a vision. Yeah. Well, it just made sense. I just went, Oh, I could do that. Yeah. 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 And then it was like, uh, just springboard. Yeah. So, and then that's when I was like, okay, I want to play at, pick three places. And I was like, Dry Creek Cafe, Jenny's, and Sam's. And couldn't get in at Jenny's, still can't. But I got in at Dry Creek and I got in at Sam's. Doesn't like Jenny's only has music like two nights a week or something? Yeah. Something. It's frequent, but it's more of a danceable country hmm. kind of. I think they do songwriter, singer-songwriter kind of sometimes. But. I think another reason why I don't go to Sam's Town Point nothing against it but i'm just right here yeah 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 yeah. and it's that's far. like a 35 dollar uber ride or something you yeah know what I mean? yeah like that's crazy. you gotta yeah. yeah yeah no you're right it's it's a haul over i there. like a cocktail too yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah you're right in the mix here yeah yeah i mean you, yeah even saxon's like nine dollar uber ride away. wow yeah from here yeah yeah, yeah. um do you like playing there at Saxon? I loved it. It was yeah. great. The sound guy, what's I can't remember that guy's name. Oh, uh, yeah. Why am I drawing a blank? I just saw him the other night. He's the man. He is the man. He was in Mix Magazine a long oh, time ago. Damn. Yeah. I like how he has pictures of his kids next to the soundboard. Oh, he does? Yeah. I remember I got a little drunk there one time and I went up to him and I was like, you're fucking cool, man. Uh, and he was just kind of <laughs> like, get away from me. <laughs> Like, well, I played here. <laughs> Does your wife still play or no? Not really. She's she was this like more of the singer, but she can play a little piano. But she's a great singer. She we toured and and it was like, do we want to continue to tour or have, like settle down, have a kid type of thing? Wow, that's an interesting place to get to. She well, she was in the van watching a movie called Babies. You know, uh, like so it was like, hmm. Maybe you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. Where? What were you guys do? You were on tour in a van, like all over the country. We did a couple European tours. We were signed to like an uh like this label called City Slang. As as Cactus Lee? No, no. it was a band called Love Inks. Okay, it was like an electronic, uh, minimalist kind of band. Cool. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you toured Europe. It was fun, but it was one of those things where we did a record and then someone signed it and then we were like, oh, now we have to do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was not really the type of music that I know about or am that passionate about. Did that kind of, why, why did you, what, you guys were just fucking around having a good time? Yeah, we were doing the Austin thing where you like, just are like, let's try and do something different. And then yeah. we did it and then some, and then it got scooped up by an Italian label and then, and then <laughs> City Slang bought that label and then it was kind of like, and they took us around for a little, and but I could tell it, was, it seemed it was more of a fad, a fad kind of band, you know. Like, what in, year was it? Twenty about twenty ten, twenty eleven. Okay, it was like there was yeah, yeah, there was yeah. A lot of that was going yeah, yeah. on, and we were just in the kind of mix. 
It wasn't like LMFAO or something though, right? No, 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 no. It was like, like old British, I don't know, I don't even know. Oh, that, yeah, LMFAO isn't minimalist by any means. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's super, yeah, yeah. That's, maybe like with what they use, I could, you know. Sure. Because there's not a band there. No. Yeah. So like Kraftwerk or something? Kind of Kraftwerky, but okay. more like, you know that band Yaz from the 80s? Yeah, yeah. A lot like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite bands. Lead female singer and just like kind of minimal pop. Yeah. Yeah. Electronic. I'm a huge fan of Yaz. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Same here. But and, the, I wasn't until we did that band though. Right. Because I was like, Shh, I have to figure out what we're doing. It's funny those, uh, that guy, the guy that does the music, Vince Clark. Yeah. Like he started out in, he did, was on the first record of uh, Depeche Mode. Yeah. So Just Can't Get Enough is like, and then it goes, he left and they didn't sound like Just Can't Get Enough anymore. But then Yaz sounded like what the next Just Can't Get Enough would be. And then after that, he did Erasure, which is like the third incarnation of Just Can't Get Enough. Yeah. With a dude that sounds exactly like Alison Moyet who sang for Yaz, which is so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Vince Clark is awesome. That guy's writing and. Awesome. Great songwriter. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's a genius. I mean, I still listen to that and I go, "Um, man, I'm an idiot for thinking I even could jump in and go, oh, I could do that. Yeah. How would you? It was just the two of you live, so there was a, a computer. We had a third track, person. No, a third it person. was a drum machine and then guitar and bass. Oh, so it was like kind of live element, but with an MPC. Um, okay. Okay. Programmed beats, you know. Sure. Sure. But the tempos could never change. You know what I mean? We could never figure that out. There was probably a way, but so then it just got really easy. It's like playing to a drum machine. Uh, yeah. You know, metronome. Yeah. Um. Got kind of boring and sterile. Got kind of boring. Got kind of sterile. Yeah. What kind of band do you play with now? Like, what is your um, band, what does your band consist of live? The one now is uh, drum, bass, pedal, steel, basically. Okay. That's kind of my. That's what I'm sticking with. Do you you don't try and do like the White Horse or anything like that, or is that are I you never not super country enough for that. You know, I could I could I can tilt that way if I need to. I, but I just never got in. I like in. what you're doing, though. Yeah. I think people should come see you for, for these. I mean, especially these last two. I knew that Kyle had done the Perfect Middle Hall because I, it was in that article, but I didn't know if he had done this one or not. But right I'm uh, I'm such a fan of that guy as a person and is, as a yeah. musical entity. Same here, yeah. And a cheerleader. He's a great cheerleader as well. Yeah. He yeah. kind of, yeah. He gave me the confidence to kind of be where I'm at right now. That's what I got from that article. Yeah. Yeah. Which, but he's like big brotherly in a in a lot of ways, and you know what I mean. Like that's how he was, that's how he's been in my life. It's kind of like he's a supporter, but he's also when it comes down to it, he's like the kind of big brother energy of you know, hey, are you all right? Yeah, yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah, he's good like that. Yeah. Um. So what happens next? This record just came out in the fall. Right. Canvas did. So, uh, Caravan, sorry. Why do That's I keep right. saying Canvas? I don't know, I but I'm changing, it to, I'm changing Canvas. it to Canvas don't, don't, now. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Caravan's way better. Okay. Um, what happens now? What's 2024 got in store for Cactus Lee? There's a, there's a record that I recorded a couple years ago, and it's called Big Red, and I'm going to release it now just because I, I have it and I want to move on. So I'm going to put that out, and then I'm also going to record something else in the studio but like just do it on my own i think and just go in with some guys and push record which i haven't done that yet so yeah i'm just gonna keep doing that i'm gonna tour in april 
Okay. I'm going to go on a solo tour up to Chicago and then cut across and meet the, my band from New York and circle around. You have a band in New York? Yeah. Um, that's who I was playing with this weekend. It's, it's three dudes from there. Okay, cool. Yeah, which is cool. There's a cool New York-Texas connection always. Yeah. Of like kinky. Yeah. And, you know, and the guys here. Yeah. But that still lives on. Like they know, the New York guys know old, you know, like this guy named Ratso, who was like friends with kinky. He was like, I don't know. He was friends with Dylan. It's, it's, it's the same caliber of people. Like I've been hanging out with Jim Franklin. Oh, yeah. And then, so it's like they've been hanging out with Ratso. Right. And the, it's like the same parallel, but different eras. Right, right. And then when we met, we go, whoa, we're hanging out with this. We see the same thing, yeah. but we're trying to keep the uh, legacy of that weird thing together. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. They're yeah. also just like soul brother dudes, and I'm like, okay, those are my dudes. That's cool. Where are you playing in uh, Chicago? Um, I haven't, de- it's not determined yet. Okay. But you're touring from here to there doing like Kansas City, Oklahoma and shit like that? I think it's like Missouri, Dallas, some, nice. a, a town in Illinois that I've never heard of. Um, but yeah, kind of like just solo stuff, some hall, a couple halls. But That's uh, how, you, how do you do on those solo times? I guess it's good when you have a family, just kind of like you probably don't have a lot of time to just let your mind take in the landscape and wander. No, it's kind of cool because, yeah. yeah um, and I haven't toured since before my kid. Right. You know, I mean, I just did October. We did that. We did one around, but, uh, and I was super nervous. I was like, oh man, am I going to be able to do this again? And I went to Ramsey and I go, I think I'm going to miss my family. And he goes, no, you won't. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and I did, but he's also right. It's like, it's fun. It's different. You, you go, need to live. Yeah. Yeah. And do yeah. your thing. Yeah. And, and they were there. totally cool. They were like, we're fine without you, but they missed me, but they're also, they were cool too. Yeah. So that's awesome, man. Um, you do you have a website? Because I no. can't find anything. Okay. No. But you're like on Instagram, you're on Spotify. Yeah. Are you on uh the uh what do you call it? It's the uh like band camps and stuff like that? Yeah, I got the band camp, yeah. Okay. That's under Cactus Lee. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um so uh what where did you do this weekend? Where did you play this weekend? Played at Antone's. And we did like a studio KUTX thing. What'd you do at Anton's? Who'd you open um, for someone or was it your show? It was my show. Wow. And we had this guy, Theo Lawrence, the French guy, this French fellow country guy. And then my friend, Adam Amram, who's the, one of the New York players. So yeah, I played there once before opening for a guy doing solo stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh wow, people listen here. Yeah. But I love that place. How had the show went well? It went good. It went pretty good. It was you know a rainy Thursday after New Year's, so. But oh yeah, I played Thursday too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was drizzly, crummy weather, but people came out. It was drizzly and crummy weather. Yeah. Space that out. I blocked that out of my right. life. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching because I was like, oh, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. We had a, a skyrocket show there, like two years ago now, but it was like it it didn't. Was not it didn't go well. Oh no! And it was it was interesting. It was a it was a really underattended show, especially for us. It was like it was so weird that it was like I felt weird going back there afterwards. I didn't want to have oh, to damn. talk. Oh <laughs> What day of the week was it? 
It was a Friday. It was a, it was a perfectly. It was a weekend night. It was our show. We had the place, and it was weird. It was just weird. Yeah, it was a weird. There's I can't remember. There's always like a million. I don't know. You never know what it could have. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could be anything. Whatever, dude. The other people playing. You know. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so people can find you on the Instagram. Find Cactus Lee. You can find him on on uh, on. On the, uh, I'll put the links to the Spotify and the Instagram and stuff on there, and probably Bandcamp too, because that's where you sell your vinyl too. Yeah, right? the label's putting it up through there. That's yeah. What label is? Are you on the uh, the one that put out the last one is called Org. Okay, it's like a reissue label. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. How'd you get connected to them? Um, there's a blog called Aquarium Drunkard, and they work together, and um, they do kind of rare releases like they rarely put out stuff but um yeah kind of through those guys i asked him yeah um it's pretty awesome yeah <laughs> you just asked and they were like oh yeah sure. i mean yeah it wasn't that yeah yeah basically but you made this record on your own and then licensed it to them basically yes, yes. yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah uh is this your first final or no, no. I've I've been self-releasing the vinyl. I think I've done five or six, but with uh, the company Gold Rush in town, yeah, yeah. you can do like just a like small amount, like two hundred. Yeah. And if I do it pretty cheap, so what I do is I just get it in black vinyl mm -hmm. with a black and white sticker, and then I go to Canada or I get it from Canada. I'll get the jackets. Oh. And I'll and I'll just print out Xerox paper and wrap it around. So that way it's like super cheap to make. Oh, wow. That's and I can awesome. make the money. I can that. sell 200 pretty easy now that I've done it a couple times. That's great. Yeah. But um, but if I do more, then I you know, then I am left over. But so I've kind of found a good system of where I can. Yeah. One leads into the next. And then so I've gotten on a roll doing that. But it's a lot easier to have a label that foots the bill. And then you can just keep better track of it. Yeah. But it's fun to do. I like making my own stuff, and I hand. Yeah, do it I love I, doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it feels good. And then, you know, you sell it. I went through a period uh, where where I, I I wrote so much and recorded, and would write and re record full recordings of every song I wrote. You know what I mean? And uh, then went and like I got divorced and like has sleeping on my friend's couch for you know a while and. During that time, I was like, shit, I got to make some money. So I just went through all of those things and had, you know, inexpensive mastering. Yeah. And then drew every single white sleeve cover of those CDs. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. When people still bought them. And, uh, and it was fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it feels good. Yeah. You're like, I made that and yeah. Yeah. Somebody it actually just posted, somebody actually just posted on Facebook that they had, I, I had so many songs that I did one and went out and did a run. And I was like, well, fuck, let me go find some other songs. Right. Make another album. <laughs> so I'm just putting together these records every time I'm going out and, and doing a run. And then somebody had posted, they had all four of the ones that I had released. And I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like I never even thought about it. I was so desperate to get 10 bucks for each one. That, People like, are collecting yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. Totally forgot that it was kind of a cool thing. And when you do it yourself, you're doing it yourself 
not because it's cool to do it yourself. You do, you're fucking drawing on a white thing because yeah. you can't afford to have a thing yeah. done. And you don't realize that that's going to mean way more to someone later on yeah. than some super expensive, highly stylized thing yep. that came out of someone else's mind. Yep. Yeah. That's, that goes a long way. There's something about DIY that like, there's that thing, you know, I, I believe strongly in that. Ke- I think you can still do it. Like there's that Kevin Smith, uh, the director guy, uh, talked about how there's like, uh, all you need is 10,000 people. I mean, it's a lot of and people. You, you, that's a lot of people to us. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of people. You can find 10,000 people that'll buy everything you make and you do it in a consistent fashion and you do a good job, you can live off of those yeah, 10,000 people. Okay. That's, yeah. I've never heard it put that way. I think I'm at like 500. I mean, I think I'm at like 40 right now. <laughs> so well, I got some work to do, but I mean, there's still, I mean, you also play shows. How much, how much do you play? Like how often, how regularly do you play right now? Not as much because I've been trying to play with the New York band. And then that's a whole thing of me going there, them coming here. So when you play at like Sam's town point, that's not just you playing by yourself. Well, no, back in the day it wasn't. I don't do that anymore. Okay. But back in the day, yeah, it was like... Well, I just pick- saw that you, there was a post. Oh, that was... That you yeah, the New York band was okay. here. But the, I used to do just like pickup bands. Anyone, anywhere, kind of jump in. And then you got three drummers and you got, you know... That's hard. It's really hard. And it can get frustrating. And it, your performances are inconsistent. Totally. When you're delivering a bad totally. product to the people. Yeah. yeah. But you get to play. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a trade-off. I did that for the past probably two or three years and it was good experience because yeah, you have to learn on the fly. Yeah. You know how to adapt. Do you feel like, like holding back playing less, but more meaningful shows and yes. has paid off? Like, are there more people coming to your shows? Yeah. And, yeah. 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 That's totally. Good. Totally. Which is, I mean, I, that's how it should be. Yeah. The la- like last year, like I did real estate with my wife a year. And then after that, she kind of fired me. She didn't fire me, but, <laughs> She was like, you, I would I'd tell a story because I was like going into houses and letting people in. And then I go, do you guys feel like there's a ghost in here? And then she, she'd be like, what the hell happened? And I'd be like, like you can't tell them there's ghosts in the house. Uh, but it was awesome. I'd be like, I'm getting like a ship captain vibe. And then they'd be like, yes, I feel it too. Because I, I kind of have like a thing where I can feel the ghost. But yeah. uh, anyway, so then she, I go, look, for a year... Let me see what it looks like if I like working musician. If I went out every, I tried to play every gig, went out to the distilleries, went out to the, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, did yeah, all yeah, the yeah, things, did all the things, and it's just like wasn't it wasn't enough. But um, so, but it was good to do that and try that. Sure. And then so um, this year, I'm still. She's letting me still do it, or she's like, keep going. You did good, but the goal is like if I play fewer and bigger shows, then the it can and i tour you manifest it into a bigger thing right right and also the tour that's when i realized i go i want to be an austin musician if i could i would just stay here but in order to make money i I think i have to go out yeah you can't just yeah you can't just live in one town and no well i don't expect everybody to come all the time yeah Uh, yeah that's what it is you know i thought i could i thought i could get away with it or i just wanted to see what it looked like right right but um it's funny because when you go do those gigs that are long and they have they they deliver financially what you need in the moment. It's not huge, but it's what you need that 200 bucks or whatever. Yep. And uh and you go and you do it 
And then you realize, like, oh, shit, there's no way out of this. Yeah. There's just more of these and different ones. Yeah. Like, there's no, I'm not going to play at Antone's doing this. Yeah. This isn't the road to Antone's. And the, sadly, the road to Antone's is not making money for a little while and trying to figure out how to get into Ant- and then start building something there and yeah. get on the right road. But that's cool that you saw that and you, you tried it out at least and you're like, oh, yeah, this isn't going yeah. anywhere. Those are good. They're good practice. They're great for those things. Right. But, but yeah, for if you're doing that all the not, time. That's not, if you, if, if you want to be, uh, you know, whatever, whoever right. like is famous or well-known or goes around touring. You get the 10,000 people. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to do it at, at the distilleries, unfortunately, because you might pick up a fan here and there and it might help you out, but it's mostly for you to be able to get that 200 yeah it's just it's weird it's a it's a weird it's like a hamster you jump on a hamster wheel and then you realize you're not moving forward yeah 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 live a supportive lady that she's that's great yeah she's still doing real estate oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's a great is it houses or it is houses yeah 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 she does it all (laughs) she helps she helps like people go she helps like first-time home buyers so sure it's like she was like a social worker, so she comes from that perspective of like, oh, that's cool. Like you can get, you can do it. You don't, you know, if you don't yeah. want. So, but she's a cool lady. Yeah, real estate's a tough market too, man. That's not a you oh, gotta yeah. really have a or it's a rough racket, especially if you're looking for if you're a ghost if you're a <laughs> ghost reader. <laughs> that, that that made me laugh because it made me think of like if Zach Galifianakis was like selling houses. That's kind of like, do you guys feel a ghost? In here? Right? And if you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm not buying this. No, place. I'm out of here. Yeah. Also, you're not good at this, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I tried. It's funny. Yeah. Well, you know, we're not all. You know. That's always that thing, like you play music long enough and then someone's like, hey, remember you think about doing something else? And you're like, dude, I'm 55. What am I going to go be a dentist? Uh, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, I can't. That's, yeah, yeah let's just start my own practice. Yeah. yeah. Start popping teeth. Unlicensed dentist right. is what people need. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Well, dude, this record is called Caravan. It is not called Canvas. Okay, right. And okay. Uh, there's a lot of music out there. You can find it out there on uh, on Cactus Lee's Spotify page. I'm going to call you Kevin. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. I like Cactus, though. I don't have any friends named Cactus. Yeah. No one's really called that, that in the real world. I don't know. Well, there was that guy Cactus Pryor. That's where I got this from. That's where you got it? Yeah. Because you wanted to play country places and be a country dude? I just thought it was like, if you're going to... Name a, your, if you're gonna call something to yeah, because I was gonna be called like stupid guy, man, whatever. I don't know. Just come up with some dumb name. Then I was like, hey, call it something cool, man. Because yeah. then if someone shouts your name, hey, cactus, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah. Because some people do that sometimes. It happens. Yeah. It feels cool. Yeah, I'll do that next time I say, okay, hey, cool. cactus. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, feels, feels good. Yeah. It's been great talking to you, man. Yeah, Johnny. This is great music, man. Everyone get out there and check it out. The album, Caravan. Uh, It's a seven-song album. Then uh, Perfect Middle Hall. And then there's a a ton of other uh, releases as well to get out there and check out. Hell yeah. All right. Good to you, man. All right. Five years I've been running All right, gang, that was Cactus Lee, his new album, Caravan, available wherever it is you stream and download music. Great conversation with that dude. Uh, Don't forget to go see Cactus Lee and Adam Amram on their Texas tour, March 2024, starting out 
at the Cactus Cafe here in Austin on March 7th. They're going to Alpine Marfa, Johnson City. Check it out. I'll leave a link of his uh, to his Instagram in the text of this podcast. Just click on it and go on there. Also, gang, don't forget to get out there and check out the great Uncle Lucius. Their album, Like It's the Last One Left, available now wherever it is you stream and download music and on vinyl. And hey, gang, don't forget when you're out there checking out these great bands, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you find podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast. New shows every Tuesday and every Friday. This week, we're doing three shows. Don't forget, gang, I'm going to talk about that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on Friday. Uh, don't forget, you can follow me on Instagram at Johnny Gowdy. You can follow us on Facebook. We are uh, How Did I Get Here? All right. I think I need to get on TikTok and start doing a thing. I was talking to a neighbor of mine uh, the other day that works in the in the world of uh, of social media and podcast people and stuff, and he was telling me the importance of TikTok, even though I feel weird about it. Let me know what you think, all right? Cactus Lee, Uncle Lucius. Great, great show. Thanks for listening. Let's get down. Destination. Gonna dance off the deck of the pier. And I don't get away Sadness is here to stay Get along, get low down Get around around.